from the beginning of this year was that God would speak to us in a powerful, supernatural way. Amen. Our desire has been that you would fall in love with God's word. And some of you, most of you have. Amen. Just by your attendance here today and on Tuesday night, Thursday nights, you love God's word. Something special about God's word. Sometimes when, when you can't remember the words of a song, uh, the words of a scripture will resonate uh, in your heart. Amen. This is the third series of this year of 2016. This series is entitled An Encouraging Word. The first series was a prophetic word. The second was a right now word. This is the third and the final series of the year. And it is called An Encouraging Word. Twelve messages all from the Psalms. Twelve messages from Psalms. This is the sixth of 12 messages. We invite you to Psalms 37. And for a clearer understanding of the text, we've chosen the New Living Translation to read for you, print it for you on your bulletins and on the screens that are above. Two verses, Psalms 37, verses 23 and 24 from the New Living Translation. Hear what God has to say to the church. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights, listen to this, church. He delights in every detail of their lives. I love that verse. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall. King James said they will not utterly be cast out. They will not be destroyed. For the Lord holds them by the hand. <laughs> Woo. Are you glad that God is holding you by the hand? Amen. And here's the subject before we sit down. Catch the hands of someone that's standing next to you. Subject is lifted directly from the 24th verse. First clause of that 24th verse. Here's the subject. Look at someone, squeeze those hands and say, though we stumble. Amen. Though we stumble. You may be seated. Amen. Now, during the 8 o'clock service, I said to the congregation, this applies during this service, if by chance you have never stumbled, if by chance you've never done anything that you're ashamed of, you have my permission to sleep as hard as you want. Don't y'all wake them up this Sunday because perhaps they've never done anything. If by chance you have never stumbled, you have my permission to play whatever games you want on your cell phone. Amen. Write whatever notes you want because this message will not apply to you. But for the rest of us who have at times in our life stumbled, this message is for you. Tell somebody this message is for you. But one of the things that we all have in common as human beings, one of the common denominators of human beings is that we all have made mistakes. Am I in the right place? And it really doesn't matter what your title is. 
And it does not matter how long you've been saved. And it does not matter how deep you may think you are. The truth of the matter is we all have made mistakes. Am I right about it? And in fact, Paul in Romans 3.23 goes even a step further. Paul writes in Romans 3.23, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In other words, more simply put, we all have come up short of what God expects out of us. Sin, in this simplistic definition, is missing the mark. Here's a mark, here's a standard, and sin is when we fall short of the standard. Paul said we all have, at times in our life, missed that standard. Am I right about it? And so that, that is why it is so important that we are not overly judgmental. and We're not judgmental at all. Why? Because the truth is none of us, none of us uh, can say that we have been perfect all of our lives. In fact, I don't think any of us can say that we've been perfect in 2016. In fact, I don't think any of us can say we've been perfect in the month of October. In fact, I don't think we can say we were perfect last week. In fact, I don't think you were perfect yesterday or this morning. Am I right about it? So we all have, at times in our lives, missed the mark. We've come short. And I know when, when you hear these messages and people who say, Pastor Jackson, you're not hard enough on the congregation. You're giving them a cloak for sin. I want you to really hear me. This message does not condone what you have done. It does not give you permission to continue doing what you are doing. But it simply says we all have been there. Am I right about it? We all have come short. Amen. Now, there's a difference between stumbling and wallowing. See, some of you are too young to know anything about that. But Deacon Stokes, the old folk used to say, don't wallow in it. When I grew up in my grandmama's house in Arthurtown, Mother Marva Diamond, and it rained, and my grandmama's front yard was like dirt. And we used to have to rake the dirt there. And when it rained, it'd get mud. And we used to like that, and we would fall in the mud. And she would say, well, don't wallow in the mud. It's one thing to fall down in the mud. But it's another when you wallow in it. Because my granddaddy used to say, only pigs like to wallow. Ooh, I'm preaching hard already. In the mud. And so the difference is we make mistakes. The difference is we all have missed the mark. We all have come short of what God expects out of us. However, it is Satan, our enemy's desire. And you do know the only enemy you have is Satan. 
Amen. It is Satan's desire to, to make us feel as if when we have made a mistake, when we have come short, to somehow try to convince us that it is over, that we are not worthy of God's redemption. It is the enemy's desire is to keep you down, is to have you wallow, is to have you perpetuate mistakes over and over again. It is his desire to have you give up and say, what is the use? I've made a mistake and I can't live this life and so I, I, I would just do what I have done all my life. Tell somebody the devil is a liar. We have to be convinced that even if we stumble or when we stumble, that God can give us the strength to get back up again. Ooh, I, I wish I could preach to some real folk who ever had to brush yourself off and get back up again. Here's the good news. The good news is that not only do we serve a God of a second chance, but we serve a God who protects us from utter destruction when we make mistakes ourselves that should have ruined our lives. In other words, God protects your destiny through his anointing. The only reason why some of us can sit up in anybody's church is because God has been good to us. And when we've made mistakes that should have taken us out, God held back the hands of justice and allowed the arms of mercy to reach us. Woo! Anybody so glad when justice should have prevailed, God allowed mercy to take its place. When justice says, I've got you because I know you did it, mercy says, yes, but I forgive you anyhow. Mercy gives you a second chance when justice wants to do you in. Is there anybody in the house so glad for mercy? So glad for mercy. Listen to what the prophet Jeremiah writes. He says, it is of the Lord's mercies that we have not been destroyed. King James says, consume. Because God's compassion faileth not. He goes on to write, it is renewed every morning. Now stop right there. Woo. I am so glad that I don't have to live off the mercies of 2015. Because the truth is, I used a whole lot in 2015. But I'm so glad that God says, oh, you've used all your mercies. And I have nothing left for you. Because Jeremiah says, new mercies every morning. How many of you are glad that every morning you wake up when you get dressed, when you brush your teeth and comb your hair, God wakes up a new set of mercies and God says, follow him all the days of his life. So glad. Somebody say, so glad. You know where you should have been. You, you know how folk gave up on you after the third and fourth time. After you tried to kick the habit and could not do it, how folk gave up on you. 
We are so quick to give up on folk, and we've got to be careful. I said to the church this morning, particularly those of us who are of an older generation, we've got to be careful because sometimes we put so much pressure on young people as if we did not make any mistakes. And we act as if when we were young, we had everything together. We get historical amnesia, and we fail to remember how bad off we were and how if it had not been for God's merciful hand who snatched us out of a miry pit, turned us around. How many of you know God's mercy made a way for you so many ways? And that's why I'm patient with young people. And that's why I love them because I remember how God was patient with me. Anybody remember how God refused to give up on you and God made a way out of nowhere? And the reason why you can praise God today is that you had new mercies every day of your life. And you may be 40, 50, 60, even 70 or 80 right now, but I'm here to tell you if it had not been for recent mercies, Preach, Pastor Jackson. I'm not talking about what God did 30 years ago. But some of you ought to celebrate recent mercies. Yeah, there's some old folk that had to have some recent mercies. Because you may not have slept with anybody, but you show dogged enough people. And you show act mean to enough. I preach, Pastor Jackson. Somebody ought to thank God for some recent mercies. And if God had not been good to you, and as difficult as what it has been, you ought to be able to give God a praise. Somebody say, Lord, I thank you. Oh, I dare you to praise him. Come on, praise him. Should have been dead. Should have lost your mind. Should be somewhere strung out but God. What the enemy meant for your demise, God used it for your good. And I'm here to tell the devil that my mistakes, listen to this. This is the social media outlet for this week. Put it out. Send it out. Don't miss this. We'll put it out. Your mistakes do not define you. They refine you. Let me help you out for every hater in your life because you're not defined by your mistakes, but you are refined. Defined is who they say you are. Refined is who God has allowed you to become. And some of you have become something great because you went through something bad. And if you had not been through, if you hadn't have fallen and bumped your hard head many times, if you hadn't had your heart broken by no good folk, you would not know who to avoid in your life. And the only reason you got a decent relationship today is that you had to go through all the bad relationships to get to I Touch somebody and say, I am who I am because of what I've been through fact of the matter is if it had not been for that come on and testify Joseph Joseph said what you meant for evil God meant it for my good can anybody celebrate all the bad you've come through 
all the heartaches you've been through, all the hardships you've been through. Ah, oh, Lord, I thank you because I'm still here praising God. Oh, you've got a right to praise God. Cross the aisles and touch your neighbor. Say, neighbor, after all the things you've been through, nobody ought to judge your praise. Nobody ought to judge your praise. Tell somebody, don't judge my praise until you've heard my story. I've been broke, hardships, heartache. Some of you have been foreclosed on, imprisoned, institutionalized, left at the altar, left in the house raising children by yourself. But look what the Lord has done. Woo! Oh, y'all sit down before church breaks out. I know we've got a service at 2 o'clock, but I feel something in here. Look at somebody and say, you better watch it. I may praise God at any time. Tell them, now, I've got a story to back up this praise. Though we stumble in this 37th Psalm, David writes an encouraging word to someone who needed to hear words from the Lord. David's desire was that others would hear his story. And they would understand that if God can use someone like me, God can use anybody. Because David's life certainly was not perfect. David was a murderer, a liar, an adulteress. Ah, David had all of those things. But somehow, God kept picking him up, giving him another chance and so now this text is somewhere towards the end of David's life he has experienced ups and downs but now he wants to glorify God and encourage somebody else so he writes Psalms 37 and I don't know if there is any more powerful psalm than Psalms 37. Somebody said, Pastor, you say that every week. <laughs> and I believe it every week. But this psalms is somewhat unique. Give me a moment to share with you why this psalm stands out. In this one psalm of 40 verses, there are about 20 different Proverbs in this one Psalms. Some of the Psalms have continuation of the same text or the same story, but in this Psalms, I believe that David as an old man, I've heard theologians say David just rambled as an old man. When you get old, you've got the right to ramble because God has been good to you. And I believe in my mind that every time he thought about something, the Lord did for him. 
uh, something the Lord delivered him out of, he would write one of these Proverbs. If you notice with me, the New King James Version, verse number one, David says, I just want you to know, don't be jealous of evildoers. He put it this way, fret not because of evildoers, nor be envious of workers of iniquity. Don't become jealous when drug addicts' cars are better than your car. Don't get jealous when folk that don't go to church seem to have more than you. David said, I've lived long enough to know that it will not last. For he says in verse number two, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as a green herb. David goes on in verse number 16. I'm jumping over the text. I get back to the text, but verse number 16, David says, I want you to know that you may not have much and you may get kind of depressed about the little bit you have, but let me remind you of something. A little that a righteous man has Look at your neighbor and say, this is for you. A little that the righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. Look at somebody and say, neighbor, I may not have what you have, but I thank God what I have, I know how to glorify God. Sometimes having peace of mind is better than money in the bank. Sometimes joy in your heart is better than all the possessions you may be trying to own. Can I get a witness? How many of you have ever been happy broke? Know how to praise God sick? I wish I can preach to somebody. And so he says a little that the righteous has is better than more that the wicked have. And then David goes on in verse number 25, and this is uh, after the text that we shared with you. He says this, take it from me. I know what I'm talking about. For I've been young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed to beg bread. Can I get a witness? Then he drops down in verse number 35 and say, you may be looking at the wrong people. You may be looking at the dope dealers and the drug pushers and thinking that they got it better than you. But David said, listen to me, I've seen the wicked in great power. I've seen people like Donald Trump become a billionaire, but sooner or later, God knows how to bring you to your knees. I looked again, and they had withered and fallen away. Touch your neighbor, say, neighbor, keep looking, because it won't last.
people that don't get it the right way it will not last they will reap what they have sown can i get a witness anybody know it'll catch up with you god has the final say so when god gets ready god knows how to snatch it am i right about it am i right about it ah then david moves let me move back to the text verse 23 and verse 24 david says for everybody that the enemy thought they had you because you were not perfect i've got a word for you all of us have been there because somebody said we all have been there we all have stumbled now, I thought about this in between services and here's what God remind us people stumble for several reasons now one of the reasons you stumble is that we just don't pay attention come on somebody we, we, we we're just trying to do too many things at one and we stumble another reason we stumble is because we're on unfamiliar territory Ah, have you ever stayed someplace that wasn't your regular place hotel room somebody else's house in your house you can get up in the middle of the night don't even have to cut on the light and you know how to get to the restroom because you know the dresser is here and the couch is here and the chair is here and you don't stumble because you're familiar with the territory but when you're on foreign territory ever now and then you stump your feet God says sometimes we're ventured in the wrong territory and we stump our feet. But the good news is that God has not allowed you to be destroyed because the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Look at what he says, the New Living Translation. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives though they stumble they will not fall the Lord holds them by the hand I want to point out three key observations and we'll take our seat we'll go over this in greater detail on Tuesday number one catch your neighbor by the hand and say neighbor to those of us who strive to live godly. Now this is not everybody, but to those of you who try your best to live godly, every detail of your life is directed by God. You don't even know why you end up some places. You tried to go to a place and God wouldn't even let you go because God says, I'm guiding your footsteps. You tried to hook up with somebody that God just didn't make it work. Why? Because every detail of your life is guided by the Lord. Where you work is the Lord's. Who you are with is the Lord's. Who you have lunch with who God allows in your life. Every detail of your life 
is directed by God when you believe that you were going to be one thing because your life was directed by God God changed your whole career I thought I would be a lawyer by now in law school past the first year doing well and in the midst of my legal career pursuit God changed the plans God says quit go to seminary. I said, wait a minute, you got the wrong person. I have always thought of myself as a lawyer and God said, that's before you got saved. But once you got saved, you signed a contract with me and I'm directing you steps. How many of you, God, ever changed your plans and sent you in a direction you had not planned to go? All I need is just a few praises that know that God did something that you had no idea what he was going to do. But when it was over, you knew how to praise God for what God had done. You've got about 10 seconds to give him your best praise for disrupting your life. I feel like preaching. I feel like preaching. Frank, my beloved cousin, in the midst of law school, I went to the dean's office. Here's what the dean told me, Brother Jeff Scott. The dean says, why would you allow these foolish desires to be a preacher to disrupt your career? Those were his exact words. And God reminded me of something some 20 years later. I saw that same dean who's a friend of mine, and he didn't even remember the conversation. And I grabbed him by the hand and said, Dean, I'm so glad God disrupted my life. How many of you are happy that God disrupted your life? Because you would have ended up with Bubba, and God wanted you with somebody else. Yeah, you thought you had the one you love, and God said, no, I'm sending you somewhere else. But thanks be to God, she didn't marry the boy from Orangeburg County. I feel like preaching. I feel like preaching. Touch your neighbor, say neighbor. I'm so glad that God disrupted my life and ordered my footsteps because I wouldn't be where I am now if God had not disrupted some things in my life. And though he stumbled, observation number two. Do I have time to preach this? Only have seven more minutes. Observation number two. Look at somebody and say, none of us are perfect. We all will at times stumble and make mistakes. Don't you let the devil think you are unusual because you've made mistakes. All of us stumble and make mistakes. But here's my third and final observation. Ooh, grab somebody by the hand and say the Lord, Ooh. 
This is for every hater in your life. This is for every demon in your life that told you your mistake voided your purpose. This is for every demon who told you your mistake uh, did away with your purpose. Look at somebody and say, the devil is a liar. Grab that neighbor and say, neighbor, the Lord will not allow our mistakes to destroy our purpose. Although you made some mistakes, God still wants to use you. Although you messed up, God still loves you. Although you've done wrong, God says, I've still got a plan for your life. Stand to your feet all over this place. Lift those Holy Ghost hands and say, Lord, I thank you that I still have purpose. I still have purpose. Do me a favor. Go touch two people. Say, God still wants to use you. Come on, go tell somebody. God still wants to use you. Clap those hands. God still wants to use you. God still wants to use you. God still will use your child. God will use your son. God will use your daughter. Although they may be smoking reefer right now, smoking dope right now, but it ain't over until God... Is there a praise in the house? Is there a praise in the house? Woo! The best, the best, look at somebody and say the best is yet to come. Say you haven't seen anything yet. God's gonna take your mistake and make it a testimony. Any testimonies? Leave your seat and come look me in the face and say, Pastor, God is working on my testimony. Yes, I've made mistakes. Yes, I've done wrong. Yes, I've come up short. Get ready, get ready, get ready. The new you, the better you, the more improved you is on his way, is on his way. Your marriage will be better. Your career is gonna be better. Somebody say better, 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 better. Greater, greater, get ready for something better. I know you made mistakes, but all of us have. Get ready. It's going to be all right. Because somebody says it's going to be all right it's gonna be all right dry your tears hold your head up high walk in your destiny get ready get ready ah. 
You haven't seen anything yet. When God gets through blessing you, you're going to be better than what you've ever been. Give somebody a high five. Say, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Rub it in the devil's face. Rub it in the devil's face. Put a praise on it. 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 The devil thought he had you. He told you it was over. But it's not over until God says it. the Holy Ghost in here. I feel the anointing. I feel a prophecy in here. God told me to prophesy over this congregation and say what your enemy thought would be your demise, will be your elevation. I'm going to promote you, not destroy you. I'm going to elevate you. Come on, Zion. Come on, Zion. Come on, Zion. Woo! There's a reason you went through what you went through. There is a reason you had to go through what you had to go through. God said, I was making you better. I was making you stronger. I know you stumble, but I didn't let the devil destroy you. I know you stumble, but I had you by your hand. Lift those hands all over this place. Tell somebody, get back up again. We fall down, but we get up. Here's the difference between us and those that are in the world. They fall and wallow and continue and dig deeper holes but we fall down and we get up again the difference between somebody who has a relationship with God is that you know there will be times that you will stumble but you know what you know how to get up again 
the text says he holds you by your hands. And he, you ever had a child, somebody young, they were walking with you and they stumbled, but because you had their hand, whew, <laughs> they did not fall. I want to tell you something right now. In the midst of whatever you're going through, God says, I'll hold you by your hand. The Lord holds them by their hand. We fall down. Donna McClurkin writes, but we get up. For we're saved by the fact of the matter, we all have been nothing but sinners who fell down and got back up again. There are no perfect people. There are no perfect churches. You would never be perfect. But you can always be redeemed. <laughs> can I say that again? You would never be perfect. But look at someone and say, you can always be redeemed. Being redeemed is when God picks you up after you've stumbled. Come on, maybe there's somebody here. God is dealing with you right now. You've been through some things and you've come this close to giving up because the enemy convinced you you can't live that life. Whew. But I'm here to tell you that he is a liar. All God wants you to do is live one day at a time with new mercies every day. Come on, wherever you are now. Listen. But we get up. Yeah, yeah. We fall down. Yeah. But we get up. For a saint is just Ooh. a sinner who fell down and got up. Oh my. Put your arms around somebody's shoulders. We, not I, we, we fall down. down. Not you, oh we, all of us. <laughs> we fall down. We fall down. Yes, we do. Stay 
back up again. No matter how far you fall, you can get back up again. You can get back up again. Get back up again for a has never been, will you stumble? The question is, will you get up? And will you allow the devil to use your mistakes to stop you from being all that God has called you to be? There have been times in my life in which I've made mistakes, and I'm so glad that God didn't throw me away. So glad that God just kept giving me second chances. So glad that even in my immaturity spiritually, even from life's immaturity, made mistakes. God says, get up. Get up. You can get up again. And I'm here to tell you that are here, those that are viewing by way of internet, those that are listening by way of radio, I don't care what you've done. It will not stop God's purpose in your life unless you let it. Ooh. If God can use David, a man who had adultery with the captain of his army's wife, and then later had that captain of his army murdered on the battlefield, and then lied about it, and after all of that, God writes these words about David. He is someone out of my own heart. How can you say that out somebody who made so many mistakes? Because here's what separated David. Psalms 51. Create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. Lord, against you and you only. Have I done this? David knew how to get up, knew how to repent. And so no matter what you're going through right now, God has given you a second chance. But it began with a relationship. David had a relationship with God. If you don't have that relationship, you cannot hear his voice. God appreciates you coming to church. But God says, now it's time to make the next step. It's time to commit to something greater than yourself. Commit to the kingdom. Commit to the church. Submit yourself to the will of God. Be an example for your family. Be an example for those that are watching your life. Close those eyes. And after we pray, if you're here this morning and you are tired of falling down, 
You just need that relationship with the Lord. Amen. God says, I'll meet you at the altar. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. Though we stumble. <laughs> One translation said, we have not utterly been destroyed. The enemy wanted to take our stumble and turn it into destruction. But you would not allow him. You took our stumble and turn it into a testimony. <laughs> and we say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for keep blessing us, giving us new mercies every morning. Thank you, Lord, because you, you decided that we were worth fighting for. You decided that we were worth fighting the enemy for. And when the enemy came upon us, to destroy us, God. You lifted up a standard. You fought back what the enemy meant for evil, tended to destroy us. We say thank you. Thank you. We are going to keep getting up <laughs> over and over and over again. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. The church that loves God's word said amen. Look at somebody and say, get up again. Tell them, get back up again. If you want to join the church today, if you want to make that commitment today, come on. Come on. Meet, meet us right here. God's calling you. Come on. You want to make that commitment today, wherever you are, come on. Yeah, you can stand with us at the altar today. God, God is calling you. You're ready to make that commitment. Yeah, come on, get up again. Get up, get up. God is calling you. Oh, yeah. Wave the hand. Wave those hands. If you're here today, you, you want that relationship with the Lord. You want that relationship with the Lord. God is calling you right now. Get back up. Doesn't matter what you've done. It matters what you're going to do right now. Come on. God is calling you right now. Go tell somebody, get up again. Get back up. Come on. Thank you. Wherever you are, if you're here, wherever you are, God is calling you. Get back up again. Amen. Clap those hands and give God a hand of praise. Get back up again for us.